Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Nope, that was the wrong way around. Afternoon comes before evening. My name's Adam Childs with Kieran Lefebvre. I was, uh, <laughs> right before we started recording, I was like, Kieran, let's just check out my intro. It's going to be so good. Yeah. And then- <laughs> That's why Kieran does most of the intros. I'm going to take that button off you, bro. <laughs> Too much power yeah. in these fingertips. As I said, Adam Childs with Kieran Lefebvre back for episode number 72. We are talking about overcoming the fear of injuries. Yes. Overcoming your fear of getting injured on the mats, off the mats, just in general, just in life, walking down the street. Now, if you have a fear of getting injured, just walking down the street, I mean, you probably got one of those problems. You know, don't step on the cracks, break your mum's back. Yeah. One of the guys in the gym was telling me <laughs> about like, you know, you said getting injured in life. And I just, you know, my mind instantly went to like the hurt, the pain that comes with rejection. Oh, and right. we've got this group of friends, right, at the gym. Well, this group of people, like, yeah, they mentioned a lot, Dan and Jake. Dan still trains, Jake doesn't. But anyway, they're becoming the old seedy dudes when they go out trying to pick up young chicks. Yeah, right? there needs pretty- to be like an age cutoff from going to like nightclubs. Yeah, that you're not allowed in. Like yeah. you can't get in until you're 18, but once you're over whatever. Yeah, what, what, you- what would you put that age at? Uh 30. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I'm still in. <laughs> 35. Yeah, once, maybe. once you're in Masters 2, man, that's yeah, when well, you're that's like, it. Yeah, yeah once Masters, Masters 2, two. You, need to, you need to call it a day, son. And anyway, they, he told me two funny stories. They were recently in Byron Bay, uh, which for international listeners is a very popular tourist town here in Australia. And they were there for a Bucks weekend. And they went to this nightclub and they said that not one single girl looked at them. These guys are all like mid thirties, like in between, like their masters one, right? Like early to mid thirties. And he said that everyone in there was like 18, 19, not Mm. one. They were the old guys. They were the old creepy dudes. And one of them, I'm not sure if it was at this nightclub or a different one in the same town. One of the guys was like, was like, all right, I'm going to do it. We're going to go, go talk to these girls, you know, and that's half the battle getting the courage. And he starts walking over doesn't even get within 10 feet of her and she just sticks her hand out and goes, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. And he just like, <laughs> and they were all like, I've never seen that. Wow. Yeah, because it doesn't that's, happen to that's young, young dudes, right? That's, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, that's uh, how do you get over that fear? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, that's, you need another podcast for that. There's, there's different <laughs> podcasts you can listen to for that, that topic. But the fear of injury. This, this is a really good one. It resonates with me because I've gone through this period already in like in my very young jujitsu career, my young jujitsu life of I've been injured a particular way and being in the same position scares the shit out of me. I've gotten over it now, but only just, and this injury occurred last year, like mid last year. And for context, this has been recorded. Which injury was that? It was the the time at the park where I landed oh, on my your, knee. Your knee and it was, if, if you haven't seen it, it, it ended up being okay. It was just like bruising and I, I strained some fucking um, some muscles and stuff like that. It was no like tears, no ligament tears. But I mean, I got an MRI. It was that bad that I needed to get an MRI. I could, yada, yada. So you get the idea. So it was pretty scary, right? And um, the position was in no gi and it was escaping someone's clothes guard by standing up. So, you know, hand in armpits or, or biceps, whichever you prefer, unless you like getting wrist locked, pop up step back, push down the leg. So that's the the position. It's it's pretty a pretty common escape. I did that and slipped and landed heavily on my knee. So for like 
months after that, particularly when I was in Nogi, I didn't stand to pass close guard. I would always try like the commando pass or like the the knee pass or any any other variation to not have to not pass. Have to stand up. To stand like yeah, stand up. Obviously now I'm completely over it, but man, it it I had that fear. I had that. There's fear. actually a, a word for it in Portuguese. I don't know if we have a word for it in English, but that uh, sort of mental barrier of of you know even when something is healed, but then still having that hesitation. They call hesio. It's like that. Hesio. Hesio. Oh, hesio. Like, yeah. It's like that sort of fear of, you know, just not being able to go there yet. Right. And I remember when I broke, I broke my wrist as a, as a teenager. Skateboarding. Skateboarding. Uh. And um, I remember when they took the cast off and the brief little interaction you do with the physio and they're, they're telling you like, it's not broken anymore. It's healed. So all this fear you have of moving it and hurting it and whatever, like, yeah, obviously there there's physical sensations behind it as in like certain muscles haven't been used and you know, your wrist is essentially being fused. So mm. the joint needs to, you know, learn to do its thing again. But you know, that fear of thinking, Oh, you know, if you pick something up with it, like you're going to, re-injure it like it's not broken anymore like the bone is healed so you're good to go um but yeah that 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 fear of re-injuring something that's that's previously been injured is huge but even just for some people the fear of initial injury and the reason i wanted to talk about this is because i i briefly said this to you yesterday I didn't tell you that how I got to this this topic was from a very old friend of mine who recently had his first jiu-jitsu class. And this was a man, like we, we grew up together, probably spent from, from like in our teenage years, uh, man, I think we almost spent every day together. Like all we did was skateboard and smoke weed. Yeah. Like that is all we did growing up in Byron. Are you sure you're not a fan of the Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah, yeah I know. Right? Man, I almost said to him, you know, cause he's going down the current like addiction jujitsu rabbit hole. I didn't say it to him, but I was going to be like, don't listen to Joe Rogan. Oh, that's how, that's how he found jujitsu, bro. Oh, no. Come on. You know it. You know it. No, I actually, I didn't ask him how he ended up doing. Oh no, he told me just cause he's a big MMA fan. You uh, know? So maybe there was some Joe Rogan connection, but mm. anyway, this friend of mine, we, yeah, we spent so much time together in our youth years, but then, you know, life goes on, you know, um, you know, he's now, uh, he's a mu- musician, a, a, a incredibly talented drummer and teaches drumming and everything lives down in Melbourne. And, you know, you go your separate ways. I moved overseas and whatever. And so more or less lost contact. He's still in quite good contact with my brother because my brother's also a musician. Anyway, he messaged me just out of the blue yesterday saying, oh, you know, man, you know, I feel really slack. We've lost touch, blah, blah, blah. You know how it is life. He's got a kid now as well and blah, 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 blah. But I got to be honest, I'm writing you for a different reason. I just did my first jiu-jitsu class and, you know, I, uh, I, I knew that you had done jujitsu or whatever, but you know, I, I like Googled you and stuff. Maybe not Google, because I don't think I come up on Google, but he's like, oh, like I you went to your Google. web, do I? Yeah. <laughs> World's shittest jujitsu instructor. <laughs> and he was like, man, I didn't realize you're like, actually like, holy shit. You're like, 
important in jujitsu. And I was like, well, not really, but thank you. I'll take the compliment. Like I'm just a dude. But he was like, I was like, man, I didn't realize you're actually like, you know, it's like your profession and your career. And so we had a chat about it and he, one of the things he said, you know, he was so addicted from one class, right? Like even he even said to me, oh, I, sh- I should probably do some more classes first. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's so but good. I mean, I'm just loving That's that so funny. instant I love froth. It. Like yeah. it's so good. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, but he did say, he was like, oh, you know, just that, um, that fear of injury, mm. you know, and especially as you get older and when you do – like for him being a drummer, like, you know, if he hurt his wrists or his fingers or his it's elbows, common. you know, mm-hmm. it can definitely impact his work. And Even I mean, shoulder, for, for a lot of people as pec. well, right? You know, any, I guess any physical job, yeah. if you were a tradie and if you hurt your elbow, right, it's mm-hmm. going to be, what do you make some weird funny facts? No, I'm, like, just, I'm just thinking about all the people that I've injured that are I'm like, fuck, man, uh, I mean, <laughs> not, not this again. <laughs> not many people just sit down and don't use their, like, you know, even if you work in an office, right? If you yeah. hurt your wrist and you're going to be struggling to type on a keyboard. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that kind of got me to this topic of, or well, how can you help minimize it? And obviously you can't completely negate it. The, I've said this multiple times and I said this to him, you know, well, you could do nothing and you'll probably have more injuries, mm-hmm. it, you know, in the sense that people who are, are completely inactive – and don't do anything, mm. they're the ones that usually have lower back problems or all these other problems, right, with, the, yep. with their body because they don't exercise it. So, okay, it's clearly very well known and established that you need to exercise just for day-to-day physical health, right? So if you then choose to do a sport like jiu-jitsu, is there more risk of injury than – if you just went to the gym and ran on a treadmill? Yeah, yeah okay, of course yeah. there is, right? But is it worth it? A hundred percent. But how can we help minimize those risks of injury? Step one, don't train with Kieran. Absolutely. I will hurt you <laughs> or you will hurt me. It's, it's either way, it's a bad time. I mean, there's, I think in the beginning, and this for, for my mate, I'd be addressing someone who's brand new to jujitsu, the most common injuries at the beginning are usually self-inflicted. So my advice in the beginning would be, you know, it's easier said than done, but just take it easy. Chill out, bro. Because what happens in the beginning, if you train at a good gym, and I mean a good gym as in, you know, the, the I believe not many gyms now still live by that sink or swim mentality, you walk in the door and you're just going to get the shit beaten out of you. You know, most gyms I like to think look after you as a new, as a new student, right? So let's say that's established. It's usually not your training partners that are going to injure you. You're going to injure yourself because it's a foreign sport. You're doing foreign movements and you might even be a relatively fit, healthy, strong individual but all of a sudden your side control on the bottom and you try to do some explosive bridge or something. And you that, throw that, out your back, yeah. Yeah, and you throw yeah. out your back because you've got 80 kilos on top of you. Yeah. And, um, you know, or I don't know, like a, a super common one for brand new people who aren't looked after correctly or even if the instructor does look after them but then it come, obviously comes a point they've got to do it by themselves. They do like a shoulder roll or a front roll incorrectly and tweak their own neck, right? Super, super common. Like it's, 
usually self-inflicted. And even for experienced people, jujitsu is way more dynamic than people realize. You know, the, the old cliche of, oh, the more you know, the less you know, right? Because how many times do you see even relatively experienced people like, you know, someone all towards their blue belt or even a blue belt, right? And they roll the wrong way and they rip their own leg to pieces or something. Mm. So in the beginning, my overall advice would be just like really if you're if you're legitimately thinking like, oh man, like I can't afford to get injured or I'm worried about getting injured, you need to really take it down a notch because most injuries in the beginning are self-inflicted. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the whole like tap early, tap often comes in. Like that's the advice that I was always seeing when I was like a new white belt and looking into this sort of stuff. Cause I mean, I wasn't really- <laughs> Advice you clearly disregarded. No, I, I totally did. <laughs> I, I learned the advice so I could learn to ignore it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I mean, shit, after you get a bit of experience and you understand how to escape certain positions or certain submissions, we should say, then you're, um, if you're a personality like me, you're more likely to push the, the envelope a little bit too far. Um, and maybe that's ego, but yeah, suppose that tap early, tap often, don't fight a deep armbar all the time, every day. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's obviously as well a few common trouble areas with, with the body when it comes to jujitsu that mm. are more prone to injury. And I would say, you know, there's probably, you put it down to like three main areas, I guess, in the sense that you've, you've got your back, mm. right? We think about your back and your neck. So your spine, mm. Yep. then your arms. So like your, your shoulders and your elbows Wrists, and then, yep. and then your legs. So your knees and your ankles and whatever. That's how you the know. body's made up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, you could go a bit more acute, say like, okay, like the knees and shoulders and elbows are yep. more problematic than your wrists and ankles. Yep. Right. Typically. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Uh, so, you know, how, how do we a a avoid injuring those? Well, yeah, it's, it's never foolproof, but understanding what causes those injuries helps. So how does a beginner typically injure their back or their neck? Would you think, or not even a beginner, but like, if you think about most lower back or your neck, like injuries yeah. or strain, I don't, I don't necessarily mean injuries in off you go to hospital, but yeah, I just yeah. mean even Strains. straining it I'm, or whatever. I'm thinking anything with the posterior chain, I'm thinking that they, they're lifting incorrectly. So they're, they're leaving themselves exposed. Like say for example, they're like hunched over and their back is clearly rounded. They tried to explode out of that position, something along those lines. Maybe, or it, but it could be on the other end. Maybe they're getting stacked. That's yeah, yeah. exactly. So getting stacked is a very common way to tweak your mm. back and neck. Particularly if you're trying to explode out of it. Or yeah. Like, especially like if you're it. defending it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the newer you are to jujitsu, the, the less comfortable you are being stacked, you haven't developed that flexibility yet. Right. It's not just flexibility in your back and neck. A lot of it's flexibility in your, your hamstrings your yeah, hips, and your yeah. hips. Right. The, the more, the better your hammies are, the less your hip has to lift to take your legs behind your head, 100%. meaning the less stacked you yep. have to be. If you can't touch your toes, being stacked is going to be difficult for you. Yeah. And it's, you're, you're 100% right. It's because of your hamstrings and that tightness translates to your lower back. Yeah, yeah. So uh, understanding some some of the causes for the the positions and the, the, the injuries that occur can help you to avoid them. 
elbows is an incredibly common one uh, because arm bars are very common in jiu-jitsu, especially for beginners, yeah. right? So it's you always leave your arm behind. Oh, yeah. And it's frustrating being that beginner because I was there very recently when you are that beginner and you're constantly being armbarred, like constantly, you get a little voice in 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 the back of your head that doesn't want to submit to that. The, yeah, because you're like, like 10 not times again. Not, you're like, yeah. I refuse this time. Exactly, and then that refusal leads to a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, definitely armbars. But there's, you know, I, I've said again in, in the past, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of injury, for lack mm. of a better word. You know, any any sport you do, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have pains and bumps and bruises and, you know, yeah, like this mate of mine, yeah, like I said, we grew up skateboarding and I always had like grazes on my knees and elbows. I had sore wrists from falling and like, you know, posting and posting on the concrete or whatever or getting hit in the shin with with your with the side of your skateboard absolutely kills so i mean there's there's no physical activity that doesn't come with something even a non-contact sport like i don't know you want to be a uh tennis yeah tennis you're going to have sore shoulders or i mean there's a whole injury named after the sport and elbows yeah, right exactly or you know tennis elbow yeah <laughs> yeah i think most people got there on their own but uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know like you could maybe just be a, a casual jogger mm. man runners have notoriously bad problems with their knees and mm-hmm. their their ankles and their hips so you know a little bit of wear and tear and pain man like embrace it totally worth it yeah. i reckon there's a very fine line in jiu jitsu between dealing with injury and pain and being a bitch, you know? <laughs> and it's yeah. it's kind of like, say for example, you're sore from training and you're like, fuck, I'm sore from training. Is this something I can train through? Or is this something that I need to give respect to and, and, and you know, take some time? And it's the same with like little niggles, right? Say your shoulder's a bit tweaked. Is it is it really? Or is it just a bit sore, you know? Yeah. Can you train through it? Or is it going to exacerbate the injury? That's That's a conversation that you need to have with yourself. And it is a fucking fine line. It's yeah. flirting with that line is kind of like, it's kind, it can be dangerous. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it comes with experience as well. Definitely. You know, when you're new to the sport and you're young, you know, you're in your teen years or early twenties or whatever, tear your ACL, wake up the next morning, it's healed. Go for <laughs> <You> 10K. <know? laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But obviously as you, as you get older, it's, um, you know, a bit harder to recover or, you know, the- the is it worth it, is it starts to swing mm. in the other direction. But yeah, I mean, it is a conversation you have to have with yourself or if you're rolling in heaps of money, you could see you have a daily physio appointment yeah. or something. But, you know, unless you're a, a medical professional, yeah, you might not know if it's an injury or is it something you can train through. Yeah, I mean, for me, <laughs> I think a good way to think about it is like this. You know how if you – ever were homesick from school or if you called in sick to work or something and you would kind of be told something, oh, if you're too sick to go to school, then you're too sick to, you know, go to the playground or, you know, if you're, or your parents would be like, if you're too sick to go to school, you're You're too sick sick to to play video games or whatever, right? And I mean, if you take that to a more- No, mom, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. If you take that to a more realistic one, like let's say you did have a- uh, doesn't even have to be a super physical job. Maybe you just work at a supermarket stacking shelves. It's mm-hmm. like, and you're saying like your shoulder's sore. 
Is it that sore that you can't go to work? Yes, I know you could be, oh, but I need to work because I need money. Ignore the, the monetary side of it for a second. Just like, could you go to work and do your job, right? Yeah, you could. Then it's probably just like a little bit of like pain and it's a niggle and off you go, you can still train. But if it's like, man, like actually- like I can't go to work, like my shoulders, I, I can't stack shelves. Okay, you might have actually injured it. And I, I think that's a very, uh, you know, tangible concept for people to like, to, for people who really don't, aren't that in tune with their body yet and are asking themselves like, is this an injury? Can I train? Am I being a bitch, right? Mm. My litmus test is if it can be solved by taping it, you're not injured. Yeah, that's right. Just tape it, bro. Just tape yeah, it. Just tape just it. Tape it. <laughs> if you like, for example, I'm like 99.9% sure without actually confirming it with an x-ray that I've broken my toe, one of my toes, my little toe. But I mean, it's incredibly painful. It hasn't gone away for like months now. Yeah. And it's just constant. But that's but it's also, fine. But that's also actually a good example because- uh, like unless you break your toe where it's like bent 180 degrees what are they in the do? other direction. What the fuck they are you going to do? They don't do anything, exactly. right? Unless like, it's like your big toe and you actually have to not walk on it or whatever. The doctors don't do anything, nah, right? Man. So, I mean, like, and uh, something like a, a broken little toe, mm. man, can take like months to heal, even yeah. if you don't use it. Like, because even not using it, you still walk a little bit. Yeah. You know, so it's like, man, like, just I, get on with I it. I kicked this bastard on, on the wall at jujitsu. Um, like getting out of position, didn't didn't know how close we were to wall. I fucking smashed the wall like in January, and I I kicked it the other day again. I'm like, fuck, this is just getting worse, <laughs> yeah. man. Like it's so yeah. bad. Yeah. But um, who gives a fuck? Like it's fine. It's not stopping me from walking. It's not stopping me from training. It just hurts when I'm in certain positions. But you know, you get over it. Like you know, is what it is, man. But sometimes you do have, like you said at the start, the like a traumatic experience and it can take a while to, to, to mentally, get over yeah, it. getting over that fear. And that was the, again, that was the knee situation for me. Yeah. I was, I was scared. And I've been on the other end of that getting like, I don't know if this is related. So maybe we'll save this one for another day, but back to the, the taboo subject that you bring up from time to time when I injured a particular person uh, with a Kimura, every time that I have someone in a Kimura now, I'm like scared to apply it because I don't want to injure them. So it's like, yeah. I'm not scared of being injured. I'm scared of injuring them, you know, because of a particular way that I break a grip with a Kimura can be incredibly aggressive. Um, yeah, so it, it like creates a slingshot, right? They're holding on as tight as they can and you're like snapping the grip off as, as hard as you can. And then obviously <laughs> it's going to hurt someone. Have you yet had the experience of when you're breaking someone's armbar grip and it slingshots and their hand punches you in the face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yes, and if you still get the armbar, you're like worth it. But if they then get out, you're, you're like, like, fuck. <laughs> punch in the face and they got out. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I think that as well comes with experience, you know, uh, mm. understanding how to apply something in a controlled manner. That's mm. why you, you know, don't want a brand new person heel hooking you because they really oh, have no that. concept or understanding yet of yeah. like how close how easily they can get to tearing your ligament. Yeah, yeah. But before I forget, I definitely want to. Uh, this is more specific to my to my to my friend, but you know, hopefully, some useful information because I did tell him that I would tell him exactly what he's wrong with his knee because he said to me he was like, "Oh, remember how my knee used to lock out when we would skateboard?" And he's like, "I'm worried about that." And I'm like, "Bro, I know exactly what that is. I've had two surgeries on that." Right, so, bro, let me tell you the problem with your left knee, and it may happen training 
unfortunately. Like it, it could just happen being active. I'll, t- I'll tell you what's happening in your knee and it's to do with your meniscus. So if people don't, for those who don't know what your meniscus is, you could think about it like the two, the two bones of your, I actually don't know the name of the bone, sorry, but like the, you know, your thigh bone and then your shin bone where they, where those two bones come together and form the knee joint, right? In between that, just to keep it very simple, there's a meniscus. There's actually two of them, but just think about it like there's a sheet of paper in between those two joints, which is your meniscus, right? And that's to provide cushioning between the joint. What happens when your knee locks out? For anyone who's ever experienced this, it's like your knee locks out and then you're like, oh, fuck, and then you straighten your leg and it kind of goes thunk and like pops and then you're like, oh, oh, thank God. And it's like this, all this relief. So what's happening is as as you bend your knee, the joint opens, right? Opposed to when your leg's straight and the, the, the two bones are pushed together and they're compressing the meniscus. When you bend your knee, right, some space opens up in the joint. And this, if you have a little bit of excess meniscus, when the joints open, that meniscus can then fold in half. And then when you re like, and that's like you feeling like your knees locking up because the meniscus folds in half and then gets caught in the joint. So now you've got, instead of one layer of meniscus, you have two layers, which is obviously too much. Like, you know, you, you can't handle that extra bit of meniscus in your knee. So it like hurts, that's your knee locking up. And then when you straighten your knee and compress it more, that fold like flicks back out and goes thunk. And that's when you go, oh my God, thank God. Right. So this is the injury that uh, Nicky Ryan, his old injury that he's pulled out of uh, this upcoming fight that he had with um, Jacob Couch and his brother Gordon stepped in. So he injured his non-surgery knee, but his old surgery knee, he did this surgery to repair this. This injury is called a bucket handle tear. Yeah, right. Okay? right. And it can be something like that happened to my mate that would go, that would happen ongoing, like randomly. Mm. That's what happened to one of our gym members, Aaron, until he originally had to have the surgery. And Aaron and Nikki originally did the same surgery where they try to repair the meniscus, right? So think about like the meniscus has been smushed out, like almost like in a hydraulic press. Imagine someone put Play-Doh in between a hydraulic press and it's like smushed out. So there's excess meniscus and that's the flap that's folding in. Mm. So they can attempt to repair it by stitching it back down. And that's the surgery that Nikki Ryan did. It's the surgery that my student Aaron did. It is the worst surgery. It is like if if you're never if you plan to never train jujitsu again, eh, sure, repair it. But it's it just ends up re- happening again in the future. The alternative is what I did, and it's what Aaron had to do. It's what Nikki Ryan is about to do, which is they cut off the excess meniscus. So then you have a little less meniscus now. Uh, so you could say you've got less cushioning. However, you don't have this flappy bit that can fold in. On the, in between the knee joint, okay? So this is a bucket handle tear. Bro, this is what I would say you have because it used to happen when you did a particular movement, skateboarding, like a kick flip, where you're putting like external load on the lateral of your knee. So I don't want to scare you away from committing to training jujitsu. It's a relatively common issue with knees, but 
you know, it, it happens with external rotation in your knee and hip. So maybe you could avoid those positions a little bit. I mean, it happens. Those positions happen a lot. Yeah, it's just thinking, oh, but, <laughs> avoiding you know, external rotation. Yeah, but, you know, you can, to, you can to a certain extent, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, there's different ways to close triangles. Uh, you don't have to try to calf crush someone. You know, like I tried to calf crush someone, tore my own LCL because of the amount of external rotation I put through. Joke's on you. <laughs> I know that I, well, joke's on him because I still won the fight. But oh, anyway, okay. you know, uh, you can, you know, you can do damage mitigation, you know, like. It's kind of like the episode where we're talking about doing old man jujitsu, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I mean, that would be a good episode for, for anyone who's, resonating with this episode to go back and listen to I was episode. Let me bring it up on Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> uh, You'll find it. Episode something, something. Yeah. Uh, nice man. <laughs> good, good save. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like there's definitely, there's so many different styles in jujitsu and yeah. If you're known as someone as having bad knees, like I do, I've had two knee surgeries. Mm. I don't do a lot of, uh, movements that require a lot of load on my knees. Uh, one of my other students, multiple students actually, who have come to jujitsu from previously playing rugby have destroyed shoulders. Rugby destroys people's shoulders. Mm. And so they don't do particular movements that are super aggressive on their shoulders or if they're caught in kimuras or mnaplatas, things like that, they're aware of their shoulder limitations. They tap very early. So everyone's going to have something. Like there is not, one single person in jiu-jitsu, whether you're a beginner, professional athlete, 15 years old or 50 years old, there's no one who is like, I am 100% bulletproof mm. and like every part of my body is perfectly in unison and I have no weaknesses anywhere. Mm. You know, for me, it's my knees. Like, I don't know if you've found what I'm, for you is your sort of like, oh, I'm not great here. Like I tap pretty early with this position or whatever, or I avoid this. Everyone has something. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I mean, very careful what I say. Like, yeah, yeah, let's just, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. But I mean, every every style of jiu-jitsu even has trade-offs long-term. Say, for example, your style is very like knee cut heavy. Well, you're going to have sore knees. If you like to play rubber guard, your knees are going to be affected. Yeah. Say you like heavy pressure passing. Well, that's, you know, your fingers. That can be your fucking ears, man. Yeah, it can be your face. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your shoulders as well. Yep. Uh, you know, you could play spider guard, destroy your fingers yep. and you destroy your grips, have yeah. gnarly ass grips. Or if you play a lot of like bear and bolos, that's all your posterior your chain. That's your back, yeah. your neck. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I think it's also what's really cool about jujitsu mm. is you, you can, can work around it. You can work around your limitations mm. like, uh, and you can also, yeah, do things to help them. So Again, not wanting to scare my mate, but you know, if you got bad knees, obviously doing things to strengthen the support structures of your knees, Absolutely. you know, so essentially make your legs stronger. Yeah. That if the muscles around the knees are stronger, the knees themselves take less load. Absolutely. So there's definitely things you can do, but mm. I like the point you just made as to how do we, uh, you know, deal with that fear of injury as a whole? Well, if you can identify what your what injury worries you, you know, and then you can do a different style to Absolutely. that. I spent ages, that word I said at the beginning, Haseu, after my knee injury, because I had two knee injuries pretty much back to back. Actually, I did three uh, surgeries pretty much back to back. I had knee injury. And then right as I got back to training, I was like, woohoo, appendicitis, got my <laughs> appendix out. Obviously not jujitsu related, like nothing to do with jujitsu. 
And then not long after recovering from my appendix and I was back into training full time, like I did my other knee, uh, it took me ages to feel comfortable to have load on my hooks with external rotation because they were sort of the the positions. It took me years to get over it, you know. Uh, you know, so for a long time, it's not like I didn't train for years. I just didn't go to those positions. I did a completely different style of jujitsu because yes, external rotation in your hips and knees happens a lot in jujitsu, but it doesn't you, have to. It doesn't have to, mm. right? Like, uh, okay, you could really lean into that sort of old man style play half guard or deep half guard. You know, there's very minimal external rotation in, in your knees compared to something like butterfly guard, right? So you can avoid it, right? You might even just go, yes, you have to learn how to play guard, but you could lean more into, into passing as a whole, right? There's way less external rotation happening on your knees. If anything, there's more internal rotation happening when you're, when you're passing. So you can do a lot to mitigate what what is your problem area or where you're worried about getting injured. But with all that being said, yeah, you can never completely take it off the table. Like we said, you play tennis and you could you could you could uh quite gruesomely like injure your ankle playing tennis. Like you could roll your ankle to the point of breaking it playing yep. tennis, right? What's a, a another sport that's known for really bad ankle knee injuries, netball, right? Because of the for the Stop start. The amount of stop start that they do, you know. So, man, you can never completely negate it. But as a whole, if in the beginning you take it down a notch to avoid self-inflicted injuries, very similar to when I'm asked, like, when do you, when do you think I'm ready to compete? I get asked that a lot. And I essentially say, once we've gotten you to the point of you, like, having a good understanding of the mechanics of the two bodies, not even of jujitsu, but as in like, once you've got good understanding of things that we now take for granted as, as, as being experienced, but we forget that someone brand new to jujitsu might not have ever really made that connection of like, Oh, an arm doesn't bend that way. Right? Like it seems so second nature to us now, but it's not when people are new, if they don't come from some other sort of, you know, grappling or martial arts background, yeah, they know that, but like they've never really thought like, oh, oh, wow. Like if you, you know, they've never done a joint lock or whatever. So once someone's passed that initial sort of, I'm not going to do something stupid and break my own neck. Yeah, you're good to go compete. And so, so sort of similar thing for, for for beginners, like take it down a notch in the beginning to to negate that the chance of self-inflicted pain because it does happen quite a lot. Yeah, I totally, I, I think that's, absolute sage advice. And another thing you could probably do, right? So if you just stepping through what you've spoken about, if you identify your, your concern area, hypothetically, it is your knees, then you could shape your game around not putting external internal rotation on your knee, whichever is the problem area for you, or just pressure on your knees in general, right? Once you've identified that you can work on a game, then you could take it the next step further. Like you mentioned, strengthen that joint, use like specific exercises. Like if it is your knees, look at doing some sort of dedicated strengthening and mobility work for that area. Maybe look at knees over toes guy. He's super popular at the moment. Maybe look at uh, other, you know, Kelly Starrett or other people that work on strengthening joints like that for sport, for yeah. grappling. And, you know, of course, time's a factor. If you don't have a time to do that, even we, we say it all the time, oh, the best workout is the one that you'll do, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
one of one of the guys at the gym, Alex, who yeah came from rugby. He's had he's got really bad shoulders. I can't remember if he's had one or two shoulder surgeries from rugby. Uh, but anyway, still to today, before every class, even if it's just for thirty seconds, he grabs the elastic band and does those rotator cuff warm up ones. Yeah. So you know, it doesn't always have to be. Man, I don't have time to do. You know two 30-minute sessions a week of knee strengthening stuff. It's like, okay, but like you you could, man, even if it's 30 seconds, like, okay, is it as good as 30 minutes? Of course it's not, but is it better than zero seconds? Yes, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if if you can get into the habit of that, like, and I mean habit as in, let's say, I don't know, like a, a daily habit for me that is, yeah, religious. It's like, well, I never, ever, like, I can't remember the last time I fell asleep or went to sleep without brushing my teeth, right? It's just part of my daily habit. And you can do that with your jujitsu too, is in, you know, uh, every single, it's like almost obsessive compulsive. I do these certain mo- movements or warm ups before I train. Mm. And so you could take one minute. 30 seconds to do something for your knees. And you'd be surprised, like it, it does help. Yeah, there's a big difference. There's like this concept in, in that world, there's a massive fucking difference between doing nothing and just doing a little bit. You know, yeah. the difference between zero and 30 seconds is astronomical yeah. in comparison because one is literally zero, right? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. Like even one second is, is still like, but if you think about it in that terms, you're not wasting your time and you are, you know, potentially making a change to that system which is what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't think the, I don't, I don't think the fear of injury really needs to be there. Hey, like if you, if you take all that in mind, if you're brand new, chill out, but let's imagine you've got some experience, but you're still worried about injury and like, don't go to those problem areas for you when you're rolling if you find yourself in those problem areas, just like tap or like, you know, let them pass your guard or whatever, if it's too much mm. torque on your, on your knee or your hip or something. And yeah, if you train at a, at a, at a good friendly gym, you know, they can be competitive and, and train hard without wanting to hurt you or without hurting you. And like you said at the start as well, tap early, tap often, you know, it's just training. Sometimes you got to find out how far you can go. Just not, not all the time. Yeah. Right? Like last episode where I had hella destroyed throat voice, right? Yeah. You know, looking back, it's like, well, I probably should have tapped, but like you know, <laughs> at the time it was worth it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, if you're, if you're a musician like my mate, yeah, tap early with anything to do with your wrists and your elbows, you know, it's, it's super important for you and your day-to-day life. Right? And, and I think with, with that in mind, you shouldn't be too scared of injury, but you do need to be real. Like I'm yeah. not trying to sell you some you fake be injury bullshit. aware. Yeah. Not like injury they, scared. Yeah. They do exist. But honestly, man, like compared to, compared to other full contact sports, I, I'm quite surprised at how low injuries are in jujitsu, mm. you know, honestly compared to, yeah, compared to rugby, even, even non-contact sports like basketball have huge, Huge injuries, man. Mm. Football, you know, is in soccer, which is a non-contact sport. Those dudes ankles, like knees. break their yep. knees and ankles all the time. Yeah, you know, like, and then it's not Muay Thai. Like, you're not getting elbowed and kicked in the head and getting concussions. And you know, like, I find it quite low injury for yeah. a full contact sport. I mean, it's I the it's gentle amazing. art. Come on, <laughs> yeah, jiu-jitsu, right. the gentle art. It's so gentle. We do it all so nice. No strength. Let's cuddle. 
just gentle. Well, on that note, that's a good place to end it. I'll let you do the outro, Kieran, because my intro was pretty good. Yeah, you're, you're, you set a very high standard. Can I try again? You raise the bar. Episode? I'm doing Absolutely. It. I'm trying next episode. Sure. Stay tuned for that. But thank you so much for <laughs> listening to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. This was episode number 72, Overcoming the Fear of Injury. Hopefully we helped you overcome your fear of injury. And I'd actually like to hear if anyone has a specific injury that they're still having that Haseu, that sort of mental block, even though they've had medical professionals tell them mm. like, man, the ligament's not torn anymore. Like you're, you're good to go. Yeah. Like Eddie's a hundred percent mechanically in there, but they still got that. I'd be interested to hear if people have still got any of those hesitations or fear of a, not just injury as a whole, but fear of if they've had a particular injury. Actually, I'll finish. I know we're doing an outro, but one anecdote, I shot once on this guy in the gym and I shot and I, I can't remember exactly what happened. I think I was, my head was hella postured and I got really good penetration. So I'd gone, <laughs> yeah, to give an eyebrow. Rat. And whenever <laughs> I say, it's so common in like wrestling to say like, talk about penetration. Yeah. Like people are like, yeah, penetration. <laughs> so you shot and, and got penetration. Yeah. And when, I, when he sprawled, instead of like the sprawl being on the back of my head and like collapsing me to turtle, the sprawl was like on my face and it like snapped my head like back Ooh. backwards and like folded me in half backwards. Bro, it took me so long to get over the fear of shooting again. Yeah, right. So long. And then just the other week, who was I training with? Uh, Jack, I think. And we both shot at the same time and missed headbutting each other by a Ooh. millimeter. And I was like, oh man, it's always like one of my biggest ones Ooh, of yeah. if I shoot and he shoots at the same time. I don't know how MMA guys – get over that fear of shooting and not copping a knee to the face. Well, yeah, some of them do. Anyway. <laughs> Ask Ben Askren. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the gentle lad. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, see ya.